Hi guys, it's Nicola. Welcome back. It's been a while since we had a chat back in September about chemistry. Now, hopefully, we're now in the lead up to the exam, so you, hopefully things are starting to ramp up a little bit with your revision. So many of you will be finished the course at this point. If you haven't, that's absolutely fine. I won't be, so don't be panicking if you're not. I'm going right up until the end. Um, and as well as that, fifth year was a bit messy last year, so... Don't be panicking at all. Now is the time to lay the groundwork for how you're going to maximize marks in the exam, okay? Now, at this point in the year, hopefully we're starting to finish up on the last couple of topics that you need for the exam. Now, if you still have three topics to go, that's fine. That's probably where I'll be at this point anyway. Now, for your exam papers, now, we heard back in September, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I gave was you need to do exam paper questions. Now, if you kind of dipped in and out of them a little bit before this and just kind of did them with a pinch of salt and just wanted to have a little bit of a look, that's fine. Now is the time that you need to crack on with them because when you sit down on the day, I want you to know what your eight questions are. And I want nine on the day, actually, not eight. I always say do an extra one because there's always going to be one where it kind of comes out of left field and bites you when you're halfway through it because it happens every year where you miss something when you were when you were reading through it but so I want nine now to get nine questions you need 18 minutes per question and the only way to prepare for that and the style of questioning that comes up and the style of answers that you need is to do the past paper questions so every night between now and the end of the year I want you to do one exam question one 50 mark question even if your teacher hasn't set you homework to do this I want it because it's the best revision that you're going to be able to do now if anybody comes to me looking for advice being like oh how, how am I going to do better I didn't like my mock was a horror show I'm sure my mock was a horror show you should have seen the, what I got in mind because it's supposed to be the mock is only there to give you an idea of what the paper looks like and what your timing is going to be like. You haven't done probably three or a quarter of the course when you sit your mock. So you haven't got as much choice in it as you will on the day. Now, I say this to my, to my own students, the day school and the grinds, that the mock is just for timing. I don't care what the mark is at the end of it. It's not reflective of what you're going to get in the real thing. Because look at it, you probably did your mock in February, March. There's a long time between that and the actual exam. So don't be worrying about the mark itself. It's just what can you learn from the mock? Did you spend too long on this particular question? Did you not give enough of an answer for, I don't know, the titration procedure? Did you need to have a few more keywords involved? And that kind of thing. That's all I would use the mock for, nothing else. Now, for... Um, your revision at this point of the year hopefully you took my advice in September where you're learning your definition one every night and you're doing your exam papers and just trying to do as many practice questions as you can now you've got probably about six weeks to the end of term now is the time that you need to be ramping up you need to be nailing your answers, using keywords, putting your definitions to good use that you've previously used, doing past paper questions, reading through the experiments again, cherry picking the experiments that you think are going to come up and doing practice questions on those experiments and really going through and looking at the videos on YouTube to make sure that you're refreshing how the experiment was carried out and any color changes, etc. that you might see.
Okay, now for those of you who haven't done the mock yet, um, things are a little bit different because most people will have sat the mock when they hadn't got the course finished and everybody panics about them and it's just, then you come out the other side and it's not as bad as you thought. If you're just sitting your mocks around now, then you're going to be really focusing on the past paper questions. Now the mock companies use the same thing as everything, everyone else. They look at the past paper questions, they look at the style of questioning, what hasn't come up in a few years, and they use that to craft a paper. Now, the actual style of questioning, make sure that you look over the last three years, 2019, 2020, and 2021, they're going to be your go-to papers. If you don't do any other exam papers other than those last three years, that's fine. But you need to do those inside and out because 2019, the material covered in that paper is now going to be starting to cycle back around again. And the new examiner asks things, not awkwardly, just she's asking for the same information. It's just, it sounds a little bit different. So you need to have her style of questioning down before you can sit the paper. Now, action plan for the rest of the year. So what would I prioritize for your revision? Now, I'm, I'm a total broken record. I get so much stick for this, but organic chemistry is your number one. If there's only one thing you look at and there's only one topic that you're going to focus on to bring give you the most impact in the exam, it's organic chemistry. Because it counts for 40 to 45% of your exam, sometimes it's even a little bit more depending on what type of question has come up. I've even seen an exam paper where it was more than 50%. So of your answerable questions, it's not like 50% of all possible questions. So if you have organic chemistry in the bag, that's giving you a massive advantage going into the exam. So hydrocarbons, being able to draw the isomers, comparing boiling points and chain length, and how does that impact on the boiling point? Looking at all of the organic experiments. Um, in the hydrocarbon topic, the thermochemistry calculation. It's a massive topic for the most straightforward calculation ever. Now, if you are someone who does the heat of reaction calculation with the formation equations, where it's this big long equation and then you're writing the individual formation equations for that, there is an easier, nicer way to do this. You don't get marks for writing the formation equations. And a lot of teachers actually teach it with that. I don't because you don't get marks for it. So why would you write it? Look at some of the past paper questions, particularly the last three years, 2019 was a great one, um, and look at the other method. So it's quite straightforward. You just take the heat of formation and you multiply it by the number in front of that substance in the balanced equation. And there we go. That's it. You don't need the formation equation at all because you don't get marked for it. Um, that's one way of cutting down on the extra nonsense you have to write. Um, what else? For organic synthesis, now a lot of people skip this one because it looks ugly, and it does. A lot of the past paper questions, when you open it up, you can see this big flow chart for that question. It's so straightforward, it's lovely. They always ask you about the alcohols, oxidation of alcohols, converting from an alkene to an alcohol. How do you do it? And that's a mandatory, or it's not, from an alcohol to an alkene is a mandatory experiment. It's so lovely but it just, it takes a little bit of time and the whole thing all connects into one, which is why people, I don't think people like it. But 
For question eight as well, make sure you cover the mechanisms. So the organic mechanisms that you would have seen for substitution and addition reactions. I'm heavily expecting something like that this year. So it's out there in the world. Make sure you cover that. Now, if you nail organic chemistry, you have around 45% of your exam paper covered in that. So from there, focus on the short questions after that. So that's question four in the exam. The short questions are a bit, they're kind of, people think they're easier than they are and they're not, they're deceptive. Now, I always do the short questions because you get two bonus marks for having a go. You get two marks, we gift you two bonus marks because six eights are 48 and you have to have 50 marks. Now, so you're starting off with two marks by just having a go. After that, your definitions are key and also the conjugate acid base questions, writing oxidation numbers, and actually there's usually a mole calculation in there as well in concentration. They're my three that I would definitely go for. Then after that, so that's what? That's four questions out of eight. From there, my I would heavily recommend that you focus on questions seven and nine on the paper, which is pH, equilibrium, rates of reaction, water to a certain extent, it depends on the year. They are worth so many marks and they're so predictable. If you compare question seven to question five, question five is something that everyone assumes is the nice, easy information. It's all about bonding and radioactivity and all that good stuff, which is great. The actual answers that you give in question five are so unbelievably nitpicky and it's incredibly harshly marked. Compare that to question seven when we throw marks at you if you have some sort of an equilibrium answer given. It's so much easier to pick up marks in question seven and nine compared to a question like question five. So I would definitely focus on those topics. Now, that sounds like a lot. So I want you to focus on organic chemistry as your number one. From there, I want you to go for the short questions. So go back over all of your definitions. After that, pH, rates of reaction, equilibrium and water and acids and bases. Gold. Because also that's question seven and nine, but there's usually one of those also picked up as the shorter questions in question 10 and 11 as well. So it covers you for multiple different questions and it's great. Also, FYI, rates of reaction, fantastic experiment for section A and the new examiner loves it. Of two of the last three years was a rates of reaction experiment. So she loves that topic because it really does emphasize what's happening in a reaction. Okay, now... This is not the time for panicking. I know, trust me, I get it. I know uh, there's a lot happening. The mocks were really stressful and it's been a horrible couple of years with COVID and all of that as well. I know. Now is the time to lay the groundwork for your exam because you have time. You have time to sort out your definitions. You have time to sort out the last three years of exam questions. You have time to go back over what you did in fifth year. How can you calculate the half or the use the half-life to work out the mass of a sample left, etc. You have the time. Now, if you found that this year has just gone in the blink of an eye, it always does. In September, I could have said this to you where you're just going to blink and suddenly it's going to be April and we're nearly at the end. It happens every year. But go back over everything that I've said in this video and you will be fine. And even if you felt fine now, just doing what I was telling you in this podcast or 
in the previous one, that's now going to bump your marks up at least into the next grade boundary, if not two grade boundaries. We'll see. Now, to put it into context for anyone being like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that about mocks. I failed two of my mocks. <laughs> yeah, I did. I failed my maths paper two and my physics actually. And I walked out with the equivalent of a H2 in physics at the end of it and a H3 in maths. So it's not that bad. Honestly, it's not. It's not an indicator of what you're going to do. It's not an indicator of what you're going to get. It, your mocks are just there for timing and that's all we're going to treat them as. Nothing else. They're also not really good indicators on what may actually come up. So don't be using your mock as the the action plan for your revision. It's useful to be able to make sure that you can answer all of the questions on it just in case something similar comes up. But I wouldn't only be studying what came up in the mock because then we're into dangerous territory. But it, it can act as a useful guide. Okay, right. So best of luck in the exam. Make sure that you know which roughly which questions you're going to answer before you go in. Make sure you have two calculators going into the exam so that if anything happens, you have a spare and a backup and you're not going to be then be panicking or in a flap if something happens. Make sure you have black or blue ballpoint pens and any rough work that you do on the exam, make sure it's in your answer booklet where we can see it. Just put at the top of the page, put rough work, crowd. Your examiner is going to be correcting everything that you put in that answer booklet. So if your right answer is actually in your rough work, and then you made a total mess of it when you wrote out the real one, we're going to use the rough work if you haven't. It's, it's a little bit dicey, but for the most part, we can actually use your rough work if we can follow what you're doing. Okay, so everything on the answer booklet, not in the margins on the exam paper, because we can't see that. Um, when you are answering a new question, always start on a new page of the answer booklet. It makes it so much more straightforward for the per poor person who's coming along next summer and actually correcting your answers. And it makes it easier for us to find them as well. Okay, so best of luck. Do a trial run before, at some stage before the end of the year. Pick, I don't know, 2019 as an example. Pick the 2019 paper. And sit down, give yourself three hours and have a go at it and see how you get on. But give yourself enough time that if anything flags in that paper where you were like, oh, I think I could have done it better in that one. Give yourself time to then use this to then focus your revision on any other additional topics that you want to make sure you cover again for the end of the year. Okay, so best of luck and you'll be fine. If I talk to you in the summertime, you'd be like, oh my God, what was I so worried about? Don't worry. It'll be grand. It all will work out. Okay.